The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today. A two-man show, Adam Azer and Heath Cummings here. We have a Carson Wentz fight scheduled for today. (laughs) Wow. Some things never change, Heath. Yeah, well, I've always been a huge Carson Wentz supporter. I believe in the thread of bad Twitter takes is a Carson Wentz is an elite quarterback take from one Adam Azer. (laughs) And I will try to uh, try to live up to that. I think that used to be true. Of course, some people would disagree with that. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna. Pro- I think we're gonna debate Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz. I could make myself feel better and just do a Twitter poll because I do th- actually. I have no idea who would win that. I ran a Twitter poll for just this week. Who would you rather start, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or Carson Wentz? And Carson Wentz beat all three of them. I would definitely prefer him to the those two old washed up quarterbacks. In Green Bay and Tampa Bay, which which of the two are the old washed up quarterbacks? Uh, well, they're a lot older than Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just a matter of the, the weapons and the defenses and whatnot. Um, I think I'd start Wilson over. Yeah, I'd start Wilson over Wentz this week. I'm worried about Wentz this week, Heath. Um, we're going to get into that game on Friday as part of our NFC home games. But man, the Eagles' defense is really good, and they do not give up big plays. They didn't last year. They so far are not doing it this year. They have two top cornerbacks. Um, I don't, this could but be a tough it, week for him. Yeah, if you were trying to get put together a roster of short area passing targets, you could do worse than what the Washington football team commanders have yeah. surrounded Carson Wentz <laughs> with, like J.D. McKissick, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. Um, but he needs those Curtis big Samuel. plays. I think he needs those big plays. You know, he Maybe. needs to chuck it downfield the Dotson yeah. and McLaurin a little bit. It's um he's got to he's got to hope he can be as good as Jared Goff was in week 1. Yeah, I yeah, but Cousins was terrible. But you're right. I mean the, the Eagles are a little Jekyll and Hyde. Um all right. Anyway, more starter sit, but it's more of a rest of today's a rest of season type of episode. Uh coming up on today's show, we're redrafting the top 5. We are talking about players who have moved the most in the rankings for Heath based on the preseason. We're looking at the Steelers-Browns game and giving you a little bit of a preview there. Trade talk will be more at the second half of the show. I have plenty of your buy low and sell highs from Twitters and from Twitters, and we'll react to that from the Twitter. And uh, emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and your tweets. All right, so if you're redrafting today, give me your top five. And by the way, the current top five in PPR scoring, non-quarterbacks, is Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Amonra St. Brown, Jalen Waddell. That's your top five with Justin Jefferson, six. And the number one running back in PPR right now is Nick Chubb. He's number seven. But it's Diggs, Cup, Tyreek Hill, Amonra St. Brown, and Jalen Waddell. All right, Heath, give me your top five if you're redrafting today. 
And does it matter if this was a three receiver or two receiver league? That's I'm not I'm not going that deep into it. I almost just put all wide receivers in the top five. And then it's fun that the top five scores are all wide receivers. Um, my top five are the same as they were at the beginning of the year, just a different order, but it's the same five guys. Cooper Cup, one, Christian McCaffrey, two, Jonathan Taylor, three, Justin Jefferson, four, Austin Eckler, five. Um, I haven't seen enough from any enough bad from any of these guys to move them out of my top five. Not even McCaffrey, and I, I have him two ahead of Taylor. Like McCaffrey's seen a almost twenty percent target share, and he's averaging five yards per carry, and he's completely dominating running back touches for the Panthers. I I did a little bit of a tweet thread about this this morning because it comes back to the same thing as as DJ Moore. It's all about like what how likely is it that the Panthers are actually going to run fifty plays a game for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, they, I think they're at 51.5 and you look at what they did last year and they were 29th in points last year. They were dead last in yards per play and they ran 65 offensive plays per game. Mm-hmm. This year they're ranked 16th in points. Now there's just been some terrible points production in the league. They've still been really bad in terms of points. I don't want to say they're average. They're 20th in yards per play. And they're running 52 offensive plays per game. This is not a Ben McAdoo thing. The Giants were top 12 the two years he was offensive coordinator for the Giants in total offensive plays. I just don't think we should really take very much at all away from the fact that their volume's been so low. Someone suggested the new offensive coordinator, and I I don't think it's McAdoo's fault, but I do think it's possible that they got off to a slow start because they have a new offensive coordinator. Everyone's learning a new offense, and Baker Mayfield's only been there for, what, six weeks? Maybe the connection's just not there, and so it's taking longer to get things done, and they're being worse on third down. But I just don't believe that the Panthers, I haven't projected for 61 plays this week. Um, I'll probably, even if they run 55 plays, I'm probably going to project them for 61 next week. I just don't think we're to the point yet where we should accept their Seattle from last year. Seattle, Seattle. From I last just, year. yeah, no, I, I think that's fine. I, I just would certainly would not put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I'm surprised that you still, have, you have him once, but look, give Taylor, I mean, I think Taylor three, like five points apart on the season. Yeah. Taylor had a horrible game in week two. You know, they they obviously could use Michael Pittman to open things up offensively for them. But that's, I'm hoping, going to be the worst game of the year for for the Colts. Um, One thing I really like about Jonathan Taylor, he's third in the NFL among running backs in routes run. And now they have run a lot of plays. They've run the eighth most plays. But he's running a lot of routes, Jonathan Taylor. He had seven targets in week one. He had only one in week two. Uh, so I don't think you have anything to worry about with Jonathan Taylor. How did they get shut out and he touched the ball 10 times? That's pathetic. It, it, yeah, it like, was, I don't even understand that. I guess they just got behind big and they just ran, ran, ran. Um, but I mean, I'm I, sorry, through, through, through. Like I said, basically I moved Cooper Cup to number one overall because, mm-hmm. I, and I said this, if he's going to be the player he was in 2021, he should be drafted first overall. Yeah. I expected some regression. There's been absolutely no sign of regression from Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson is not taking any targets away from him. Um, so I, I he, he should be number one. I think the only other change was I moved Jefferson ahead of Austin Eckler. Other than that, it's just the same five. There were, I want to talk a little bit more about Eckler, but there were, I would say, five players when I was thinking about this. Because Dave, by the way, also, he's not on the show today, but he did give a top five, and his is Cup, Taylor, Eckler, Jefferson, McCaffrey. It is the same five as Heath, but in a different order. Uh, um, the five players or so that came to mind, maybe they should be in the top five if we were redrafting today. And just give me your quick thoughts. Saquon Barkley, he is uh, top four in routes run among running backs and getting, you know, a ton of touches. Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, Barkley, if his week two had looked anything at all like his week one, I I would probably agree with that guy. I was almost there. Um, but the the week two was was really uh, – there were some things in Giant-y. that that made me think week one was kind of the aberration. But you know what happened? I didn't. I read about this. I didn't notice it or anything. But uh, he faced a lot, a lot more eight-man fronts in week two than he did in week one. And the blueprint's out now. And they really slowed down Saquon Barkley. But he's so involved in the passing game. Uh, I would say at least first round pick now if you're redrafting or much closer yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. The only reason I definitely 
first round pick if we took just as many running backs okay. in the first round as we were. But yeah. there might be enough wide receivers in the first round that you don't. Yeah, speaking of which, Stefan Diggs, I think, has a case as a top five player. If you told me that Gabe Davis was not going to play anymore this year, then Stefan Diggs would 100% be a top five player for me. Yeah. Well, even in week one, he was terrific. But yeah, Allen just looks so good right now. Um, let's see. Uh, who else came to mind? DeAndre Swift. That That's one. He, he's a guy that I am struggling with so much. Like I, I think I made it clear last year how I feel about DeAndre Swift as a player. Um, and he, he currently is top five in the league in both yards before contact per rush and yards after contact per rush, which is exceptionally rare. Yeah. But also, he's played two games and he has 20 carries and five catches. Um, That's not the profile of a top five pick at all. Yeah, well, let's make this a little trade talky here, right? Because DeAndre Swift, he was limited in week two, right? So the touches were low in week two. Week one, they were much higher. But he does not appear to be the goal line back. In fact, Jamal Williams appears to have that role right now. That could change. There have been some times where Swift has had to come off the field because he's had a really long catch or a really long run that's set up first and goal. But it does look like Williams is that guy, and that's not good. But Swift is playing so well. You mentioned the yards before contact. I mean, the offensive line is just plowing through people. Uh, Swift is has a 50-yard run and a 20-plus-yard catch in each of his first two games. So if the workload gets there then he's got, I mean, I think he has RB1 potential. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Like, is the workload going to get to the point where should we should we be valuing Swift? How should we be valuing Swift right now? Because on one hand, he doesn't have the workload that you want from a first-round player. On the other hand, he's playing so well, but he also has injury history, and he's already hurt. So is he around one kind of guy, or is he still around two kind of guy? He's around one kind of guy. I would rather have Swift than Barkley. Um but it's the it's still the end of round one. I'm trying to think of running backs who we drafted. Ahead. Like, I had Swift ahead of Najee already, but definitely ahead of Najee Harris. Um, Dalvin Cook? He's one, he's one of the big fallers. I, I think I'd still probably take Dalvin Cook, but it's really close. This, uh, this week they face each other, and that might, like, we might see Dalvin Cook stake his claim, or Swift might be clearly ahead of him after this week. And there are two other running backs that I think you could make. The case. If you were just a, were a running back guy, you could just make the case. They, based on usage, they deserve to be top five running backs. Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette. You just wish Mixon were more efficient right now. The offensive line stinks, um, but he's running a ton of routes. He has a ton of catches. I think he. I think Fournette and Mixon are top two in carries so far. Um, you know, I don't know. It's too complicated. These guys are. You know, yeah, I, I had Mixon top five in non-PPR. So, yeah, I don't – you could make the argument for either one of them. Okay. And what about Kelsey and Andrews as we see the way the tight end position is unfolding this year? I feel really good about having drafted both of them at the end of round one. I, I can't quite get all the way up to top five. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're round one picks. Okay. Uh, last thing in this subject here is Austin Eckler. He's played just forty-nine uh, percent and sixty-three percent of the snaps so far. Going into the fourth quarter in Week Two, it was only sixty percent of the snaps. Then he played sixty-nine percent of the snaps in the fourth quarter in a comeback effort. Uh, we did see a similar start to last season for Eckler with the snap count kind of low in the first two weeks and got better as the season went on. I, he also came off the field at the goal line in Week Two. It wasn't the case in Week One, but Sony Michelle worked there in Week Two. Um, and it just hasn't been a great start for Eckler, but you haven't seen enough to move him out of your top five. You have him fifth overall. Dave has him third overall. So does that mean we can definitely apply the buy low tag on Eckler? Yeah, if someone is like, I think it would have been easier to buy low at halftime of that Chiefs game or at the end of the third quarter. It's more difficult after he puts up a nine catch performance and you remember what kind of PPR upside he has. Um, like basically anyone who's touching the ball 20 times a game and hasn't scored a touchdown yet is a, is a buy low candidate. All right. So that is our, our current top five, plus some talk about some more elite players. We have an offensive line interview that Dave did. He did, he talked to former Jacksonville offensive lineman, Uche Waneri. Might do that a few times throughout the season, and that's going to be a YouTube YouTube exclusive piece of content that's going to publish later today on Wednesday, about 1 p.m. Eastern or so. Just go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today. I've, I had an interview with uh, Uche Winery before the season started talking about offensive lines. He's extremely insightful. Uh, he played, uh, I don't know, six, seven seasons or so with the Jaguars. I'll tell you right now. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons and um, had a really nice career and offered a lot of really great insight when I spoke to him. So looking forward to hearing what he had to tell Dave about some offensive lines that's to start the year. Leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcast with a question. We'll read it on the air. That's not a guarantee, but it's a pretty good chance on our mailbag show, which records on Friday, publishes on Saturday in the podcast on Friday on YouTube. Uh, Apple Podcast review, five-star review, must be five stars. Leave a comment about why you like the show, why other people should listen to the show, and then ask your question, and there's a good chance it'll be read. So I asked you, Heath, for the players that have moved up or down the most in your rankings. So we're going to finish it later in the show, but this is part one. Give me three, a little bait. Remember, we used to do a baseball segment, three up, three down. Give me three up and three down. So these are players who have who are you are legitimately higher on than you were before the season started and legitimately lower on. Three up. And this would like this does make me miss one thing about the baseball rankings process. We constantly had a rest of season rankings during baseball season because we didn't have to do weekly rankings. Mm. And I do wish that I was able to maintain a rest of season rankings for football as well, but alas, I am only one man. Um, <laughs> there's <laughs> I the three that have moved up the most would likely be all wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Christian Kirk. All right, I'm going to be negative about all three of them just 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 Excellent. for fun, just for I, fun. This, I, I'm uh, good. I appreciate it. Like, and I think you probably believe it on the rookies and don't believe it on Kirk. Is that correct? No, I I believe it more on Kirk. What? No. Okay. Uh, first of all, I didn't just call you a moron, even though I said moron. Uh, I yeah. believe it for all three it's of Carson them. Carson Wednesday. You should call me an idiot. <laughs> I believe it for all three of them. I, I have questions about just how good they can be. Uh, you know, I, I didn't go back and get a chance to look. I'm wondering if Elijah Moore saw a lot of Denzel Ward in week two and that freed things up for Wilson. But my bigger concern for, for Garrett Wilson is just Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I said this on the air last night on our live stream with Dan Schneier. There were three quarterbacks that I thought looked dreadful in the preseason. Uh, Zach Wilson was one of them. It was only one drive, but I just thought he looked terrible. Davis Mills was another. He's off to a bad start. And Trey Lance was another. And I, it's too early to judge, but he was bad in week one. So I'm worried about Zach Wilson and just worried about Garrett. You know, Eli Moore's not going away and they've thrown 15 more passes than anyone else. So, you know, it's a, an ideal start for Garrett Wilson, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I've got some confirmation bias going on here because I thought before the draft that Garrett Wilson was the best wide receiver in this class. He was an elite prospect all the way going back to high school when he was a five-star recruit. Earned a 26% target share at Ohio State playing alongside Chris Olave, blazing fast speed, and just in it, like you've seen the videos this week on Twitter, an incredible route runner. Some of these things he does as a route runner, one yeah, of his, his teammate DJ Reed said he has that Justin Jefferson vibe. No one wants to cover him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Um, and the there was also something that came out that the Jets coaches and, and general manager met after week one. And one of the things that they, came out of that meeting was they all agreed Garrett Wilson had to be more involved. Um, like there's just he's a top ten pick with absolute elite pedigree who just earned fourteen targets in his second NFL game. It's the same thing that we said going into the year or after the drafts. Like we really liked all of these wide receivers, but just didn't really like their situations. I I really don't believe that Joe Flacco is going to play one or two more games, and then Zach Wilson's going to come in and be given the opportunity to stink all year long. I kind of do. You can't. I, I really, then they, no, then well, they have to determine right away that they're moving on from Zach Wilson. I, not necessarily right away, but he was awful last year. He was yeah. terrible in the preseason. If he comes out and, like, let's say hypothetically they're two and two, and then Zach Wilson takes over, and all yeah. of a sudden they're two and five and he's playing just as bad as he has the first, I think that they're going to try to win games. That's fair. Um, the schedule looks kind of rough for Wilson. He's got the Bengals. Steelers might might not be tough. Bengals, Dolphins, Packers, Denver, New England, and Buffalo before the bye. So some some solid defenses there. All right. Um, it's really just a matter of, I just wonder what his upside is. Do you think Garrett Wilson is a number two or a number three or a number four receiver going forward? Uh, borderline number two wide receiver. He's pretty much, and I would view him like most people view Brandon Cooks and Tyler Lockett. And they say, man, I don't know when to start him. And I say, I'm just going to start him every week because I don't want those 30 points on my bench ever again. Okay. Drake London, 
no no concerns about the talent here. He's obviously, you know, he and Kyle Pitts are the only wide only players really right consistently involved. They're both they've run 57 and 56 routes respectively for the Falcons and no one else has run more than 37. So it's a two-man show. Um my only concern is this team really wants to run the ball it seems. Um I mean they they were down so big against the Falcons and Mariota threw against the Rams. They trailed 28 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Mariota threw 26 passes in the full game. Um, and then Kyle Pitts, you know, Kyle Pitts eventually is going to get more involved. So same question for London. He's a number two, a number three, a number four receiver, and it's not, not going to be a number four receiver. And do you like him better or worse than Garrett Wilson? I, these guys are just right there neck and neck for me. Um I think they're maybe 21 and 22 in my rankings this week, and they'd be very close to that rest of the season. I think both of them have the upside that if absolutely everything goes right, they could be top 12 wide receivers at the end of the year. Um, Drake London has less competition for targets than Kyle Pitts. There will be fewer targets, but that's okay. The math works out pretty much the same. I, I, I think both these guys are at a 21, 22% target share for the rest of the year, if not higher for London. And London right now is a 33% target share. Pitts is 18%. Um, would you rather have... Uh, so, okay, so who have you moved them ahead of? Have you moved them ahead of... Okay, DK Metcalf, you take these 100%. guys over. Brandon Cooks? No. Not DJ Moore? No. Um, Allen Robinson? Oh, yeah. Uh, Wilson in London. Okay. Basically, all it's it's those guys that... We, and I think like... like a, great guy to ask about is Drake London versus Garrett Wilson versus Gabe Davis. And you'll just find out that everybody who drafted Gabe Davis prefers him and everybody who didn't prefers the rookies. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go with the offense there. I'm just, you know, it's just, I just don't know how much I can trust the Jets and Falcons passing games. There just might be too many down weeks. Yeah. And I think like the, the thing with Davis is like, we've only seen one game, so we don't know that much, but if it's five to six targets a week, um, there's going to be some down games there, even yeah. in a great offense. And then Christian Kirk. Here's my only problem with Christian Kirk. I don't love his next two games, the Chargers and the Eagles. If he can come out of these two games with one really good performance, it doesn't even have to be two, then we might owe him a huge apology for crapping on the contract. Uh, and Christian Kirk might be one of the true steals in fantasy. And Heath, I would take him over Garrett Wilson and Drake London rest of the season. I'm I'm really excited about Christian Kirk. I'm all in. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't worry about the the schedule or the matchups too much. So that part doesn't bother me. I have him like it's almost back to back to back. I have him at uh, currently at 19, Wilson at 21, London at 22. I would slightly prefer Kirk in full PPR. In non-PPR, I might go with the other guys, but but he's going to make some big plays too. So, yeah, these are all three low-end number two wide receivers. I've got all three ahead of Terry McLaurin, who is, I think, one of the guys who moved down for me. I like Christian Kirk because even in a tough matchup, he'll move to the slot. You know, He'll play enough in the slot where he won't have to face the toughest cornerbacks. And he's not a slot receiver like Jarvis Landry, who's not going to go downfield at all. Right. You know, so it's a, I, I kind of like that profile in a player. Move him into the slot, but don't limit him to just short area targets. I'd like to check his slot percentage. I'm going to do that while you tell me the three players that you have uh, moved down in your rankings, three of the players that you've moved down. Yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet. And the Bears are connected. It's not even an anti-Justin Fields take. He's only thrown 28 passes this year. We have no idea if he's how much he's improved as a passer or hasn't. He's thrown one fewer pass than Dak Prescott. And I just think that, like, especially the way that Montgomery ran against the Packers, it's possibly that they're going to design a run offense that's good enough that keeps them in games. And their schedule's easy enough. They win a few. That there's just not a major change in philosophy and if they are throwing the ball even 20 or 25 times a game, I just don't think there's enough volume for Mooney or Kmet to be players that you even consider using in fantasy. I saw Mooney dropped in a couple of leagues, and I'm not quite ready to do that. I didn't drop him on any, with any of my waiver claims this week, but I, I can certainly see that on the horizon, especially if something doesn't happen positive against the Texans. Yeah, and I, I dropped Cole Kmet for Hayden Hurst in a league where I'm 0-2 podcast league changed my team name to commitment issues 
And um, yeah, I just I need some points. Uh, he's I would think he'd be better than Hayden Hurst rest of season, but Hayden Hurst, you know, you're you might get like seven eight points as a floor or something in a full PPR league. And I can't say, I cannot say that Cole Komet's floor is, is even two points right now. <laughs> They're just, <laughs> excuse me, kind of a mess. He, he does not, the passing game does not have a floor currently. Right. The floor e- is in the basement. ETN, you know, he did get nine carries in week two, which was nice. They ran the ball a lot because they, they crushed the Colts. Um, I, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm lower on James Robinson, not than I was. I'm higher on him than I was, but I'm lower on him than I think where consensus is. I just this looks like pretty close to a full blown committee, and I don't think I want to have a committee back on on the Jacksonville offense. I'm a little more bullish, I guess, on the Jacksonville offense. I think they're solid. You don't? They've what? played. And again, you don't think the commanders are as bad defensively as I do. Uh, I think actually think terrible. they are right now. I think they're going to get better, though. They're they're terrible right now. Yeah. And they face the Colts without half their starting defense. Like, they've been provided no resistance or test whatsoever. Well, I didn't realize the Colts were so banged up. I know they didn't have Shaq Leonard, but they had They didn't Kenny have Moore. DeForest Buckner. Um, uh, Moore. Kenny Moore was playing, but hurt. Well, I, I confess, I somehow did not know that they did not have DeForest Buckner. How did I not know that? That's unlike me. Uh, no, they did have DeForest Buckner. They he did? did yeah. How many? Did he? Yeah, he played. I don't know what his snap count was, but... Okay, well, that was my bet then. Yeah, because he's a, he's a you know, very good run stuffer. So, um, I think that's... Well, and they didn't... I mean, they, I think they averaged... I don't know what well, Robinson averaged. Oh, they stunk. Um, Robinson no, he didn't had play one. as many snaps, but he played over half the snaps. Yeah, so. 70%. Okay. Robinson had one big run, and they, they struggled to run the ball other than that. I just I like I think they're aggressive, um, and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm watching a lot of their film because I've been watching a lot of Travis Etienne to see what's going on there, and I they think they're just they left some points off the board in week one, and I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm impressed with Doug Peterson so far, and maybe I'm biased because I have a lot of Christian Kirk, <laughs> and I guess I, I have a lot I of James very Robinson. Excited, like like I said, I'm I'm excited for Kirk, and I think Evan Ingram can be a thing. Um, as a low end starting tight end, I don't, I don't think they're going to be good running the ball, and I think they're going to split it up too much. If you were zero and two right now, really struggling with your team, would you look to be getting? You don't have to be zero and two, whatever. It just, let's say you just wanted someone who. No, actually, zero and two is the worst example. Maybe if you were two and zero, would you look at Travis Etienne or Brees Hall and hope that they wouldn't even need an injury, that they would just get more work in the second half and be big time con- contributors? I have no problem if you're two and zero with buying talented guys that you can put on your bench, and hope that they eventually turn into what we thought they could be. Um, I think that's a good plan. I don't want to do that if I have to start Hall or Etienne. Would you trade Daryl Henderson for them? Yeah. Would you trade Miles Sanders for Hall or Etienne? I think they're kind of the same thing i think miles sanders would have made my list of rankings movers you got to really like what you're seeing so far from him he looks kind of like a must start right now as a number two guy not certainly not as a number one where, um, where do you have him this week I, I don't he's like 22nd i think for me this week he's he's been pretty close to what we expected hasn't he i think he's had a much bigger share like Gainwell and Scott are, are basically irrelevant and I think that's awesome and I think first for Sanders <laughs> and uh and he catches some passes you know get you two three a game it's not uh, you know what their offense is just so much better than even I could have imagined they just they look so good right. Jalen Hurts I thought they were going to be really good but I didn't think Jalen Hurts would be this good it's been such a weird start still because like as awesome as Jalen Hurts has been he's thrown one touchdown pass right yeah, but he's still got to be a top four QB or something. Oh, actually, right. I'm pro- probably not because two is probably ahead of him. And I know Jackson. I think he, I mean, he's, he's better in four point per pass touchdown leagues, obviously, because he only has one touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But in our standard scoring, well, it looks like he is currently QB six, right behind Carson Wentz. <laughs> More on him in a little bit. Uh, Heath, I went to a, an event, bat mitzvah over the weekend. I needed to look good. 
This is not a lie. I think you know what I wore. I wore my Indochino suit. Real quick, before we get into Indochino, here's your poll question of the day. Uh, what is fancier, in your opinion, a, a jacket with no tie or a tie with no jacket? A tie with no jacket. Mm. Boy, I get a lot of disagreement on that. Let's get a YouTube poll going, Schaefer. What's fancier, tie with no jacket or jacket with no tie? But Indochino, it's not about being fancy. It's about looking good. It's about feeling good. I love putting on my Indochino suit. I feel good. I have a little bit of a swagger in it. You can't find the perfect suit, but you can find a suit that's perfect perfect for you, and you can do that at Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Use the promo code FFT for $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more. So why do I love my Indochino suit? Well, I have a lot of suits and I've gone to tailors and all those things and none of them fit me nearly as well as my Indochino suit. They will get it absolutely perfect for you. You customize every detail, obviously the color, the pleats, the monogram on the inside, the buttons, everything. The the lining on the inside of the jacket, which is always fun. Uh, It's fun to build a suit like that. And you're just going to feel better wearing it. You're going to be more excited to wear it. Like I said, a little swag uh, gets you excited to put on some. Because you you like looking good. You get excited to look good. So um, I I encourage you to go to Indochino.com. You're going to save some money because people pay so much more. They pay double what you get at Indochino for a custom suit. And if you go to Indochino.com and use the promo code FFT, you get 50 bucks off any purchase of $399 or more. So design your perfect suit with Indochino. Use that promo code, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code is FFT, 50 bucks off any purchase of $399 or more. Quick look at the news and notes. Chris Godwin is questionable, and Mike Evans has appealed his suspension, so we don't know how depleted that receiving core will be. And we'll update you on that. We'll know much more later today. Akeem Hicks, though, for the Bucks, starting defensive tackle. He is out a month with a foot injury. And they've allowed 4.56 yards per carry to running backs. They've been below four each of the previous three years. Um, and they've allowed five yards per carry to a running back with 10 carries in each of the last two games, each of the first two games, Zeke and Ingram. So run defense not what it had been thus far. Dalton Schultz, it looks like he's going to miss this week's game against the Giants, but um, he may only miss that one game. Could be back in week four, Dalton Schultz. Houston center Justin Britt is on the the reserve non-football illness list. He missed week two, and he will miss some time, it seems. Hopefully come back soon. Justin Britt, Texans center. San Francisco signed Marlon Mack. Heath, he was on the practice squad. Now he's on the active roster. Does Marlon Mack matter for the 49ers? Well, I mean, he'll tentatively place him in the week seven waiver wire. (laughs) All right. Um, Seattle and Pittsburgh both talked about being more aggressive in the passing game. That resonate with you at all? Um, I I wonder, I'd like clarification. What do they mean by that? Well, Gino wants to throw the ball downfield more. And Trubisky does too. Work out very well for anyone. (laughs) Uh, we'll find out soon we're going to look at that Thursday night game and Giants defensive tackle Leonard Williams unlikely to play this week very good player both against the run and against the pass he plays he's an iron man and his streak uh, whatever it may be is about to get broken it seems Monday night game Giants at Dallas uh, Giants hosting Dallas All right, quick shout out of the day we got an email from Bryce Bryce says hey Adam would you please say PGA Tour on the podcast. I'm curious if it'll sound like an abbreviated form of the way you say tournament, or if you'll say it like normal no, people. Don't, don't do character. Like don't don't do that. Just say it the way you tournament, say it. Tournament. 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 <laughs> that's not. That's different. <laughs> um. Anyway, there you go. The whole so reason. So can you say there is a PGA Tour tournament this week? There's a PGA Tour tournament. What do I say? What is wrong with that? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. It's delightful. It sounds normal to me. Uh, anyway, the reason Bryce is emailing is one of my best friends, as Bryce says, one of my best friends was recently diagnosed with ALS. He's a huge fantasy football player. He loves the show. Listens to you guys every day. Seriously. We cite things you say all the time and are always trying to think of outlandish fantasy cops questions. All of which brings me to the point Finally, and that is, would you be willing to give a shout out to Reed? He's a great guy. If you ignore the fact that meeting Dave Richard would probably rate higher than his wedding day, got to go by. Shout out to Reed. 
Shout out to Reed. And I can say, having met Dave Richard, I understand that. <laughs> Reed, we wish you nothing but the best, man. Hang in there. Keep listening. And uh, and uh, we love you, buddy. All right, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I cannot say we love you to this game. Thursday night. Look, if you don't have to cover fantasy football, you have our permission to seek other plans on Thursday night. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Although, you know, he, every time I say that about a game, it, it always ends up being really exciting at the end. Um, your stat of the game is just about how bad the Steelers' offense is. Mitchell Trubisky has attempted four red zone passes. So has Tom Brady, unfortunately. Uh, in two games, they have gained 267 and 243 yards. Only the Bears and Seahawks have gained fewer yards than the Steelers. Only the Texans have averaged fewer yards per play. I can also give you a stat of the game, Heath, about how good the Browns were last year and so far have been this year against pass-catching running backs, which may be where Najee Harris has to, you know, make his day. They did give up a 10-yard touchdown catch to Brees Hall. I'm aware of that. But they've held Christian McCaffrey and Michael Carter in check. McCaffrey had 33 yards and a touchdown uh, rushing. No, sorry, he had 24 yards receiving. So Michael Carter and, and McCaffrey had 23 and 24 yards receiving. And last year... They held CEH, Montgomery, Dalvin Cook, Chase Edmonds, Najee Harris twice, DeAndre Swift, and Aaron Jones to fewer than 30 yards. So I wonder how that factors into your evaluation of Najee Harris, and are you even starting Najee Harris this week? I'm probably starting Najee Harris. I mean, if I picked up Jeff Wilson, then I would start him over Najee. Um, I would start Clyde over Najee. I'd start Miles Sanders over Najee. But he's a top 24 running back, um, just barely. And I think most people who have him will should start him. If you could flex, would you start uh, Garrett Wilson and Drake London and Christian Kirk over him? Over Najee Harris? I don't. Definitely not in non-PPR, but in full PPR. Um, very, very close. They're, they're basically tied in the projections. I'd probably stick with Najee. Yeah, I mean, look, he hasn't been that bad. Week one, he scored. Week two, he had five catches and 89 total yards. But he is, you know, he talked about DeAndre Swift before and after contact being a lead in both. Najee Harris is 39th among running backs in yards before contact per rush, 36 in yards after contact contact per rush. Um, would you start Kareem Hunt or Najee Harris? I would start Najee over Kareem Hunt. Um I've got Kareem Hunt basically in the same place that I had him last week. Uh, a, a flex. A good flex, but a flex. How about Amari Cooper or those running backs? I would start both the running backs over Amari Cooper, right? It was a great performance from Cooper. I just, it was one of those, th these things where we have one terrible game and one really good game. I have a hard time deciphering which one I'm supposed to believe. I mean, I don't expect anyone to have great games week after week with Jacoby Brissett. But I lean more toward the start as a number three guy because you are the lowest on him. Dave and Jamie have Cooper 36, like right around third, third, number three, number four receiver. You have him 45th in full PPR, and you have Cooper not even in the top 48 in in full PPR, in non PPR. So you have him as a number four, five guy, whereas Dave and Jamie have Cooper as a three, four. I guess they said that they wanted to get him more involved, and they did. I didn't hear that, but but I, I heard it on the broadcast during the game. I didn't mm -hmm. hear that before the game. So they made it a point. The Steelers have been dreadful against wide receivers. Three wide receivers have reached 95 yards in two games. And one of them was Jamar Chase, but the others were Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he's if he's at, at the highest, he's 36, the wide receiver, he's not going to be started in all that many leagues. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a no... I'm sorry, Nick Chubb is a no doubt about it. We know what to do with Brissett and Trubisky. How about Deontay Johnson? How do you feel about Deontay Johnson this week? He has had 55 to 57 yards on 10 to 12 targets in both games. No touchdowns. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what I said about... Um, I don't remember now, but if you had 20 touches a game and you were, hadn't scored any touchdowns, you're Eckler. probably a buy low. If you're getting 12 targets a game and you're not scoring any touchdowns, you're probably a buy low. I, I, I'm starting Deontay Johnson as a number two wide receiver. Okay, would you start, you would definitely start Amonra St. Brown over him. Um, would you start Cortland Sutton or Sutton? Sutton. Okay, let me get some more wide receivers here because I, you know, look, they've got Denzel Ward. He's not going to shadow Deontay Johnson most likely. He doesn't do that. He stays on his side, but he'll see some Deontay. 
Would you start Michael Thomas or Deontay Johnson? Thomas at Carolina. I would start Deontay Johnson. Would you start CeeDee Lamb at the Giants? Yes, Lamb. Oh, you have him back-to-back. Lamb, then Deontay. Okay, so start Deontay Johnson. How about Jeff Wilson or Deontay Johnson? Wilson in non-PPR, Deontay in full, and in half, it's probably Deontay. No interest nope, in Claypool. Wilson. Wilson in half. No interest in Claypool or Pickens? No interest in Claypool or Pickens. No interest in Peoples-Jones? No interest in Peoples-Jones. Give me some start t- Pat Frymouth. Yeah, give me some tight ends you'd start Frymouth over. Most of them. He's a top six guy. I would start him. I'd start him over George Kittle if Kittle comes back. I'd start him over TJ Hawkinson. Um, I'd start him over Zach Ertz. I'd start him over all the streamers. I think we're, I mean, pretty much good here. How about the DSTs? Which one do you like better? You ask me these questions. Well, they have to, you have to rank. I know you have DST rankings. I, I do have them ranked. I have the Browns ranked higher. Boy, they've been so disappointing. The Browns have scored 10 fantasy points in two games. They were they were mine and I think everybody's favorite DST for the beginning of the year. One, because we thought they'd be good. Two, because they faced the Panthers and the Jets, and they've been bad. They allowed yeah. 24 points to the Panthers, 31 points to the Jets, um, and they don't have Jadeveon Clowney. So the Steelers, meanwhile, 27 points at the Bengals. They, they scored, the DST scored 27 points. DST scoring is different in every league. I get that. Um, Six points against the Steelers, but noticeably worse without uh, T.J. Watt. They had seven sacks in week one. They had one in week two. Are they both good DSTs, or would you go to the waiver wire? I would just start them. Okay. Na, 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 na. Sit David Njoku. We'll take a break. When we come back, buy low, sell high. More players that have moved up or down in the rankings for Heath Cummings. But we're going to hear from you with your buy low and sell high candidates, and we're going to crap all over all of your suggestions. No, just kidding. Um, We will be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, my phone is ringing. I've got to turn that off here. Welcome back, everybody. How unprofessional. Unpro- I can't imagine. I always get blamed for that, and it seems like it's not always my fault. You said sit David Njoku. Is he still rostered? I don't high know. percentage of leagues? When I do my... Um, when I pre when I do my like Thursday... What, about, what should we do with Harrison Bryant? That's more the more relevant question, I think. Why don't you guess Njoku's roster percentage? 57%. It's 41 but when 41%. I when I uh, break down a game on Tuesday, I never put the roster percentages in for for a guy like Najoku because I figure he's going to get dropped. So, um, yeah, yeah it's drop David Najoku, I guess is what I should have said. Okay, buy low, sell high. I asked you on Twitter who are your buy lows, who are your sell highs. James Shattle says buy low on Marquise Brown and sell high on Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson is probably the most popular sell high. The problem is finding someone who doesn't already know that. But if you can sell high on Antonio Gibson, I would do that. Um, I am not as interested in buying low on Marquise Brown. I do not believe that DeAndre Hopkins coming back is going to make things better for Brown. I do not understand what's going on with Marquise Brown. He does have 17 targets in two games. He's got two respectable games, 14.3 PPR points, 12.8 PPR points. What is going yeah. on here? Why is he not be? Why is he not better? I'm not sure we know the answer to that. I, I think maybe just our, our expectations were a little too high for him. I think he's just a boom bust, borderline number two wide receiver. Yeah. What do you think he'll be? And and but honestly, you might be able to 
buy low on him with the idea that he's a borderline number two wide receiver because people might be really down on him. And, you know, what's funny is James, when he wrote buy low on Brown, he actually thinks Hopkins coming back would be a good thing for him. We don't. But at the same time, Marquise Brown's off to a slow start. Hopkins is coming back in four more after four more games. People might be really low on Marquise Brown. And you might be able to just get him for, for cheap. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I would give up for him. I'd rather have Garrett Wilson and Drake London for sure. I'd rather have Drake London. I'm not sure about Wilson, but I guess I'd rather see where it goes with Wilson. He might just be great. Um, I'd rather have Brown than DK Metcalf, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you could sell Tyler Lockett for him, if you could sell Marty Cooper for Marquise Brown, I'd do that. Unless your team yeah. is loaded and you're just waiting out till Hopkins gets back, I guess. I mean, sorry, till uh, Watson gets back. All right, from Bay 650, buy low on Derrick Henry, sell high on Clyde edwards elaire Agree with Clyde edwards elaire if you can get someone to buy as a top 15 running back. I think he's RB5 for the season right now. I think you'll have a hard time getting somebody to buy at what he's been. Um, but if you could get somebody to buy him as a top 15 running back, yes. I still think he's kind of what I thought he was, a boom-bust number two running back for the rest of the year. But I'd rather have Clyde right now than I would Najee Harris. Um, is that because of the foot? It's because it's kind of like the Gabe Davis versus those rookie wide receivers, maybe. Um, I'd, I'd like to have the guy that's on the good offense. I just think the Steelers are terrible, and I don't think things are getting any better for Najee Harris. Oh, man, I would much rather have Najee Harris. If, if, you, if you told me they were both going to play the same amount of games, I'd much rather have Najee Harris than Clyde. He just has such a bigger role and the most valuable roles, too. I mean, he is the goal line guy and the yeah. passing downs guy, pass catching guy, and I don't know week to week. If they're going to get more aggressive with their passing game, that would tell me fewer targets for Najee. But he's still the running back. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to throw to a running back ever. Right. He's still going to be on the field for almost every running. But, right. I think if he might see three catches a game or four catches a game, and that's kind of where Clyde is right now. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to have so many more touches. Whether he will have a lot more carries for sure, but he needs probably 30%, 20% more carries to match the expected yards for Clyde. I wish I could have this passionate argument with you about how you're way too low on Najee Harris, but the foot injury lingers in the back of my mind. Right. You know, because... Well, and again, this like I think it makes sense that we are all more confident in downgrading these guys that we were worried about before or upgrading these guys that we were excited about before. True. Like that's kind of what we do. And so Najee Harris is on my bust list in June and July. So a terrible start to the season is going to make me think he might be a bust. I know, but behind Clyde Edwards Elair? Well, I had Clyde as a top 20 running back at the end of draft season. Okay. Um, from Ariel, uh, buy low on Dalvin Cook and CeeDee Lamb. Sell high on Michael Thomas and Antonio Gibson. Gibson we agree with. I agree with pretty much all of that. I'm not sure about Michael Thomas. Yeah, I don't know the sell high case for Michael Thomas, I guess. Well, I think the case would be where he ranks like top 10 right now, right? Probably. And he was, last time we saw him fully healthy, the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Oh, yeah, you can't be buying that. That's not what he's going to be. He's ninth currently. So if somebody trying to think like if somebody said that they would trade you Mike Evans for Michael Thomas, I think I'd rather I'd still rather have Mike Evans. Um, yeah, but I, I hate to say this, but I would take him over DJ Moore at this point. It's really, really close. I probably just wouldn't make the trade, but I think you could probably get CD lamb and something for Michael Thomas. And I'd, I'd still rather have lamb. Sure. Yeah, I, I I love Michael Thomas. I have a lot of Michael Thomas. I view him as a number two receiver. Mm-hmm. And you know, so if you can get a number one value, go for it. Uh, from Open Wider, sell high on Najee Harris before the wheels fall off and buy low on CeeDee Lamb and Kyle Pitts. I don't think we have to reha- rehash the Najee Harris discussion, but what about The Pitts? hard part with Pitts is because there is like 60% or 50% of Twitter, it just is really anti-Kyle Pitts right now. But those are not the people who drafted Kyle Pitts. 
I don't, I don't know that the people who drafted Kyle Pitts are ready to sell low on him at the tight end position yet. So um, it might be harder to buy low on Pitts. I, I, I don't know how you could sell high on Najee Harris. Um, well, I think but, you could to someone like me. Uh, you know, because I still, I still think that if someone feels that Najee Harris is a good buy low. I don't even care about the foot injury. If you can right. tell me that I it, personally, if I could give up Clyde Edwards Elaire to get Najee Harris, I would do hmm. that in a heartbeat. So, you should ask for more than Clyde Edwards Elaire for Najee Harris. Like I made that that comment and it's my personal thing, but I wouldn't trade Najee for Clyde Edwards Elaire. Get more than that. I would trade Miles Sanders for I would trade any of those guys. I would trade Darryl, a Rams running back. Um oh, I would yeah, for sure. I would much rather have Najee than both the Rams. I would trade Garrett Wilson for Najee Harris. And this is low. You know, I still think that if we're redrafting today, Najee Harris's average draft position is probably going to be in the third round. That's my guess. Uh, yeah. So so that I, that's how I feel, feel people would value him as a, like a third round pick. Um, would you rather have Javante Williams or Najee Harris? Javante. Okay. Uh, as far as Pitts goes, if we're redrafting today, you're taking Kittle, Waller, Pitts. How would you rank them? Waller, Pitts, Kittle. If you promised me that Kittle was fine now and was going to play the rest of the season, that Kittle was, then I would go Waller, Kittle, Pitts. I think we pretty much know what to expect from Kittle now. I mean, the mystery is gone. If he's on the field, this is the this is the 49ers offense, and George Kittle is right. going to be freaking a healthy awesome. Kittle over Pitts. But we don't know if he's healthy, so I might take Pitts over him right now. Right. All right. Uh, this is from Justin Bellamy. Is it crazy to sell high on Stefan Diggs? He had his big week last week without Gabriel Davis. How high? I and mean, what's the point? Like, he's obviously a top twelve player. He had eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown at the Rams in week one. <laughs> so right. I'm not selling high on Diggs. Uh, I'd still rather have Chase, but... Me too. From Tyler, would you sell high on Pittman with the injury and how bad Matt Ryan looks? Are you concerned at all? If you're going to do that, I think you need to do it after week one. It'd be really tough. I think he has to have another big game for you to be able to sell high on him now. I don't know what to make of what the Jaguars did in week in week two to the Colts, but remember, Josh Allen had one of his worst games last year, probably his worst against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. and you know he was fine. From Jesse, buy low on Darnell, not a Goonie Mooney. He's not. A um, somebody drops him, and you want to pick him up all the way where? I think that makes a lot of sense. From Kale, sell high on Cortland Sutton. Russell Wilson is bad. I. I'm not selling high on Cortland Sutton, but if Jerry Judy, well, yeah, I might. Because I do think if Jerry Judy comes back and is just fine in a week or two, that Sutton and Judy are probably both low-end number twos. Who do you feel best about buying low on at the quarterback position? Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or Kirk Cousins? I thought you were going to say Rodgers. Cousins or Brady. Okay, then throw Rodgers in there. Rodgers and Wilson, I do not want to buy low on. I agree with half of that statement. <laughs> um, I Like Rodgers, I think we, we thought he was a questionable top 12 quarterback coming into the year. And so the buy low part would be in like a 2QB sense um, for me. Um, I wonder if you could buy low on Alan Lazard. Not that I necessarily want to, but if you believe in him, Missing week one, basically doing nothing besides scoring a touchdown in week two. Like, there might be people who just think he's a bench receiver. I kind of do. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty discouraged. He was one of my favorite draft values. So I was pretty discouraged with Alan Lazard just because they're so run heavy. They're going to, I think they're going to want to be that run heavy. Not, not that, okay. Not, not necessarily that run heavy. They're not going to blow out a team every week, but they obviously want to run the ball. Um, and every player, no player had more than three targets on the team last week. Then I thought about it. I looked back at what the Chargers did in week one. No player had more than four targets for the Chargers mm-hmm. in week one. And things changed dramatically in week two. So Lazard played the most snaps by far, ran the most routes by far. I still think he's the number one wide receiver. I maybe have to lower my expectations a little bit, but I do think I'd say buy low. I don't think he's a bench receiver. I think he's a bench receiver in a two-receiver league. Lazard or Juju? 
flip a coin. Who cares? No, I care about both of them. You know, um, I'm going to take Juju in full PPR, Lazard in non or half. Fair. Here are a quick round of emails from Jared. Oh, wait, wait. Now, okay, we'll get into it when we talk once. From Jared. I must drop one of these from my roster before Sunday. Gallup, Mooney, or, Gall- or Garrett Wilson? Gallup. From Vic. Would you guys rather stash Michael Gallup or Jamison Williams? If you have, I mean, if you have an IR spot, it's Williams. If you don't, it's Gallup. Uh, from Jeremy. Dear Gary, Alonzo, Marcus, and Rudy. Who is that? Gary, Alonzo, Marcus, and Rudy. That seems like a basketball team. It does. Those defensive players of the year, Gary Payton, Alonzo, Mourning, Marcus Smart, and Rudy Gobert. (laughs) That would be very impressive, Heath. In my league, uh, we have the Chiefs and the Saints DSTs available. I already have the Broncos. Heath has the Broncos ranked the highest, but Dave and Jamie don't like them this week. They love the Chiefs. They have them number one this week, uh, while Heath has them 16th. So if you have the Broncos, Chiefs, and Saints available to you, Heath, what would you tell Jeremy to do? I am really a little bit too busy Googling to see if Alonzo Mourning won Defensive Player of the Year, and he did. He must have. And so I don't know what he meant by that, but 100% I'm claiming credit for that being right. Yeah, I, I'll go for that. That's I, I also don't know. Yeah, Rudy Gobert certainly had to have won it. Um, anyway, why do I hate the Chiefs' defense? They have them number one? Yeah, against the Colts. Um, they, they can't do that if Michael Pittman plays, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs' defense... I mean, they're fine. I don't think they're particularly good. They don't have a great pass rush. Um, they don't have their starting linebacker, Willie Gay, for the next four games. I just don't... Uh, I don't think the Chiefs are that special, but I think the Chiefs would make an excellent Heath, why are you so low on the Chiefs this week? <laughs> we haven't played that game yet this year. Done. You know what? I would split the difference and just go with the Saints. Because the Saints are the one DST in this discussion that are ranked in the top eight for all three of our analysts. Top four for Jamie and Dave, eighth for Heath. So Heath would say go with the Broncos. Jamie and Dave would say go with the Chiefs. I'll say the one DST that everybody likes is the Saints, and they have the Panthers. I agree with this sentiment. Okay, good. Uh, From Dan, grade the trade. Give up Justin Herbert, Jeff Wilson, Tyler Lockett and Rashad Penny. Herbert, Wilson, Lockett, and Penny get Matthew Stafford and Justin Jefferson. Deal. From Dan, do I trade Debo Samuel for Najee Harris and Devin DuVernay? I was supposed to grade that. B minus. Um, Trade Debo for Najee and... No, 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 no. All right, let's do more rankings movers to end the show, Heath. I think we got to talk about Carson Wentz, 56 minutes in. Sorry about that. Um, what do you think about him rest of season? And you would take him over Russell Wilson rest of season. Car- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Carson Wentz is a borderline top 12 quarterback rest of season. Um, maybe even a slightly better. I'm not sure. Sh- the Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz thing, like it started out as a this week thing, then it turned into a as long as Jerry Judy is out thing, and I, I definitely believe both of those things. Rest of season, I think it's really close, and it's not something where I would probably want to make a, a trade either way, but I think they're kind of the same thing because Russell Wilson's not running anymore at all and doesn't look like a quarterback who should be. And their offensive philosophy is a mixed bag of poo. And Wentz has been a high-end number two quarterback at worst every year that he's played at least 14 games. And largely he's done that recently on teams that aren't throwing all that much. Scott Turner's offense have been about as pass-heavy, not as anybody in the league, but certainly in the top third of the league. He's throwing more than 40 times a game. I think he's going to average more than 37 attempts for the rest of the year. And he has a very, very talented core of pass catchers. If Curtis Samuel stays healthy and you've got McLaurin, Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, then you've got Logan Thomas at tight end, both Gibson and McKissick as pass catching backs, coupled with a just 
atrocious defense right now that might get better and only be bad, but it's not going to be good at any point this year. I I think Wentz has everything lined up for him, even if he's not a good real-life quarterback, that he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. I don't disagree with that. I just don't. I just wouldn't take him over Russell. And he's going to run for probably ten times as many yards as Russell Wilson. Mm. Six times. Okay. I don't know. Fifty yards for Wentz, forty for Wilson. No, I think Wilson will be. Like, what did Matthew Stafford run for last year? Look that up if you wouldn't mind. Twenty-three. No, I feel like it was. I feel like it was like eighty to a hundred yards. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Um. All right, look, here's the thing about Wilson. I still believe... I'm going to give him another week, at least. They are moving the ball. They are top eight in total yards. They are terrible right now in the red zone. Um, I gave these stats on Monday's show, and I don't quite remember them, but he is one of like six or seven quarterbacks that have 10 to 12 pass attempts inside the 10-yard line, and he's the only one that has fewer than three touchdown passes, and he has zero. So things will turn for Russell Wilson. He's had some almost touchdowns. He's had some bad luck. There's been some terrible play calling, which I believe will benefit Javante Williams as well. Uh, you know, because just just give him the ball. Uh, but they're they're a joke right now. They they cannot score. They're breaking the huddle late. They look like they have a rookie head coach and a new quarterback. As bad as they have been, I really feel like it's only going to get better for the Broncos offensively because there's just too much talent there. So th- I Matthew believe in Stafford. Them. Ranked 41st amongst all quarterbacks in rushing yards last year with 43. 43? How much? Who was it that had like, I don't know. Um, Baker Mayfield had 134. No. How much? Did, how many did Wilson have? 183. Right. So, I mean, is he that much slower than he was last year? I don't think so. I No, I just, it's a different coach and a different system. Yeah, but he'll scramble a little bit. He'll get to 100. He tried to scramble in week two, and he fell down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) uh, nobody around him. (laughs) Other players moving up in your rankings, Javante Williams. Well, Jalen Hurts, Javante Williams, and Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, it's no longer a, like, aspirational. He could be top. He could be the number one quarterback. It's more of a, man, it might just be him or Josh Allen as the number one quarterback. I know that Hurts is not currently – Top number two, but we talked about it. Just one passing touchdown and he's QB six. He has a monster game coming, a Tua game coming. Hmm. And uh, that'll vault him back up where he belongs. I I was encouraged by the fact that in week one, Javante was so involved in the passing game. And in week two, he played a a higher percentage of the snaps. Um, I, I think Javante is going to be a borderline top 12 running back, maybe even a top eight or 10 running back. If the usage is the same as it was in week two, and we simply cannot just assume that it will mm-hmm. be, but if it is, then he'll be an ar- arguably a top five player, I think. Well, what if the usage is the same as it was in week one? I'm, I'm going to say that won't happen because that was the Seahawks, and, and just that's just what people do, what teams right. do to the Seahawks. But yes, you're right. If he gets 11 passes... Uh, he looks like he really could just be an incredible breakout, but you know. But next week, who would you be shocked if Melvin Gordon had, uh, you know, ten carries and Javante had thirteen? That wouldn't shock no, you, right? not at all. Uh, Jeff Wilson's obviously moved up. Number two running back, basically, you'll be ranking him. Number two running back for as long as he can stay healthy, um, mm-hmm. but he's never played more than twelve games. So go add Jordan Mason. The players uh, that you gave me on the down list, I think you already talked about Najee. No, ETN, you talk about ETN, Mooney, and Komet. So the others are Najee Harris, which has been a theme on today's show. I think he's a low-end number two running back. Robert Woods. He's droppable. Let me check his roster percentage. It was 74% after week one, or going into week two, and it is now 71%, so he hasn't been dropped in enough leagues. And George Pickens, 73% rostered. Uh, well, that was before waivers ran. Let's see where Pickens is now. Uh, let me give you one thing on Pickens. 69% roster now. He has, ha- he has had two catches on six targets in his first two games. You know who else had six targets in his first two games? Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yep. I am not dropping. I have not dropped George Pickens. I'm not advising anyone to drop George Pickens. I've lowered him in the rankings 
because I think week one, he was like wide receiver 40 for me, and he's not being ranked on a weekly basis now. Um, but the Justin Jefferson set, I thought, was actually a DJ Moore stud. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Um, like, you know, look, that's pretty rare for a guy to have six targets in, in his first two games. I think he had like 150 yards in week three or something, Justin Jefferson, right. as a rookie. And then That's he why I was off. saying like, I don't think Pickens really has that kind of upside. Um, he's not in no. as good of offense. He doesn't have as good a quarterback, and he has Deontay Johnson on the team. Right. Um, Jefferson, week three, actually, for him in his rookie year was seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, I dropped him for Peyton Barber before. So, yeah. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Tomorrow we've got our starter sit for the AFC home games. For Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.